What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV. You can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at WMR.FM. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the value of being inclusive, particularly with accessibility. And joining us for that conversation is Mr. Raphael Glantz. Raphael, welcome to Press This. Thanks very much for having me, David. Awesome. So I'm so glad to have you here. We've done a few accessibility episodes, uh, you know, over the years here at Press This. It's always a valuable topic to to visit again. But today we're going to be talking to Raphael about his views on why building for accessibility is, is so much more than a compliance strategy. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to it. There, there's opportunities to grow, but of course, opportunities to also be inclusive, which I think is super super important. So Raphael, I'll go ahead and get us kicked off here with my first question for you. Uh, briefly tell me about your WordPress origin story. When was the first time you used WordPress? If I recall correctly, the first time I used WordPress was in 2016, very early 2016. Uh, I had thought something was clever about my name, so I made a website called financeataglance.com, wrote three or four blog posts, and then gave it up. Um, and then until that, until now, I really didn't have too much interaction with web development or WordPress uh, until I joined Accessibly. And now, you know, we work with thousands of WordPress sites and thousands of agencies across the U.S. So I'm dealing with a lot more today. 
I love it. I love it. You know, so many people in the ecosystem kind of have that similar origin story. We actually don't hear it a lot here on Presses per se, but this notion of like joining a company that works within the WordPress space in some way, and then kind of in a, in a sense being thrust into it. Don't feel too bad, Raphael. I have like five blogs I started that only posted probably one time. Um, so you're not alone in that struggle. I appreciate it. Thank I you know. for the emotional support. Thank you. Yeah, of course, of course. I always, th I often think of like, uh, if someone has an idea for a blog, they basically have an idea with an infinite amount of works. Of course, you got to keep that up every day. Yeah. But obviously, a lot of great bloggers out there. So you mentioned Accessibility, which is where you're at now. Could you help us understand what Accessibility does? Absolutely. So I'll take it to the beginning really quickly. Um, the founders of this company started it because they own digital agencies and web development companies. And in 2015, 16, web accessibility became a really serious issue in Israel. Um, they realized that it was a no-win situation. So Israel's pretty much the only place that's more strict uh, than Section 508 on web accessibility. So you basically had businesses stuck between a rock and a hard place. Either you have to pay a ridiculous amount of money to be accessible, or you have a lawsuit. And rather than trying to take one side, we kind of decided to take both sides. The only way to make web accessibility widespread uh, is to make it affordable and automated. And so that's what we did. Uh, Sheer Eckerling, who's our uh, CEO right now, he actually built this whole system and we made accessibility, I say we just because I'm in the company, but it's really them, uh, made accessibility automatic and affordable. Uh, we can make any website accessible in 48 hours or less, completely automated, just takes one line of code in your website. I know that's a big struggle for a lot of people. It's also interesting to hear about that kind of uh, proof in the kind of hardening in the fire, if you will, kind of trying to stay in alignment with uh, requirements or laws within the uh, Israel context. And then thinking about, well, if that's super strict, then I guess if we're following that, then we're checking most of the boxes, if not all of them for the rest of the world. Uh, very exactly. interesting strategy. So um, you mentioned a little bit about how particularly the companies that were servicing customers in Israel had kind of got stuck between the rock and a hard place. I got to spend a bunch of money to get my site uh, accessible or I potentially face a lawsuit. Um, why do you think most people bother making an accessible website? Is it the fact that they're potentially going to be sued or have some sort of compliance obligation? I mean, that's definitely a consideration. I'm not going to lie, but I think that the majority of people who make accessible websites are doing it because it's a moral imperative. Uh, they really care about people with disabilities. A lot of them may have disabled employees uh, or, you know, employ veterans, people who have people with disabilities in their families. Uh, the CDC says something, I think it's 26% of American adults uh, we can fact check it, uh, are living with some form of disability. So pretty much all of us are affected by it. So I, I like to believe that, you know, the majority of people who are making accessible websites are doing it for that reason. Also, something that supports that is it's only a tiny fraction of websites that are accessible. So the main reason that most of them are not accessible is not because of some malice on the part of business owners. It's because they generally don't know they need to be accessible. Uh, you see very, very few restaurants or hotels without a ramp or, or other common physical uh, accessibility implements, uh, you know, things like that. But uh, on the web, people just don't know that they need to be accessible. So that seems to me to be the reason that most of them aren't. 
Yeah, it's interesting because I think where most people kind of land is this notion of you have to, and there's this great financial liability if you don't. And, um, you know, I'm certainly that that obviously helps to get that budget approved to, to take that yes. next step and make yourself. Oh, absolutely. Accessible. Yeah, but I think. Yeah, it makes sense because like I feel like is, is the development teams I've talked to and uh, work with even here at WP Engine, when they, when they talk about accessibility, they don't ever really talk about it in the context of compliance. They talk about it in the context of the right thing to do. Um, right. And when you're dealing with this kind of downline or upline uh, stakeholders, if you will, uh, of course, the compliance piece is the piece that gets that budget approved. But, you know, I think all along the way, if you're like, hey, look, we have customers are trying to use our website and they can't or it's not, you know, a pleasant experience when they do. I don't think anybody's answer is forget about them. Like, I feel like everybody wants to do the right thing. Everybody wants that, to do the right thing. So people a lot of times will receive demand letters um, and then they'll immediately look for compliance based on, I'm frightened by this lawsuit, I'm looking for compliance because of that. But the people that, uh, that behave that way are generally people who, this is their first interaction with ADA compliance or web accessibility period. They've never heard about it or understood that their website needs to be accessible before receiving a demand letter. And so they're understandably a little bit single focused. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, big scary letters from the government or a lawyer are no fun to deal with as a business owner. So I think it's, it's, it's interesting to think about it as that blend, though, of kind of the external pressure, but also that internal desire to do the right thing. So yes. what other benefits do you see in making a website accessible other than compliance and, and quote, do the right thing? Absolutely. So Accessible websites are really good for SEO, uh, in particular because people using screen readers tend to spend much more time on site, uh, so that really helps your statistics. Plus, accessible websites can increase your potential revenue over 20%. I mean, according to the CDC, 26% uh, of Americans are living with a disability. Not all of those have a severe enough disability or a specific enough one to impact how they use the internet, but uh, a significant percentage of them are not able to access a lot of websites. And so you're basically locking people out of your store and nobody wants to do that. Uh, it's also an excellent PR message to send externally and internally to your employees. Yeah, I think that rings true. I know that that's a big part of the culture here at WP Engine is kind of supporting everyone to quote, be their authentic self, and you know, no matter how they became that authentic self. Um, and so I understand kind of the PR value, I suppose, of that. But I think it's interesting, the SEO aspects, I think this is a common thing people bring up when talking about accessibility is like, hey, look, a lot of those accessibility best practices are actually also SEO best practices. I think right. we probably spend a whole show debating the value of time on page to SEO. Uh, it's probably been a few years since I've had that debate, <laughs> but uh, I think from the, the structured data perspective, uh, that's unassailable, meaning that search engines, you know, have to kind of crawl, index, parse your site, and then make sense of it. And so providing additional context through some accessibility practices um, is a great way to do that. I think that that makes all the sense in the world. I want to dive into this a little deeper though, um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. 
If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY podcasting system. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences, marketing on purpose. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm chatting about the value of being inclusive with accessibility with Raphael Glantz. Raphael, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about what some of the additional benefits are to creating an accessible website beyond just it's the right thing to do or compliance, but you shared some really great points around SEO and also around market share. The fact that people that need accessibility features, if you will, are often buyers and excluding them isn't anything any business owner wants to do. Um, So why does inclusivity, inclusive, I'm sorry, why does inclusivity matter from a business and moral perspective? Like how how do you view that? I know that that's maybe relative to any particular person or business, but how do you think about that? Um, I think I'll start with a business perspective and then the moral perspective, because the moral perspective is is honest, uh, is uh, obvious, I would hope. Uh, and it's honest as well. <laughs> yes, both of those things. <laughs> I would hope they both are. Uh, but the business perspective is two main reasons. You don't want to alienate anybody. Uh, you see a big trend in in all kinds of businesses today. Uh, and you mentioned with WP Engine, you know, you want people to be their authentic selves. You want to accept everybody. You want to make sure everybody feels comfortable patronizing your business. Um, if we're doing that for all kinds of social issues, which is an excellent thing, we should absolutely do it for people who have physical disabilities as well. Um, from a moral perspective, it's much more clear. You know, everybody deserves access, um, particularly now with, the, with this pandemic that's going on. You know, people with severe disabilities are not only at a higher risk, but have a lot harder of a time even going out and getting groceries. So not, them not being able to access a website to purchase those groceries is even more problematic today. 
Um, I'll say on a personal note as well, I know I can speak for a lot of the people uh, at Accessibly because most of us uh, are Israeli, that uh, a lot of, well, I mean, I'm American and Israeli, but you know, I'm a veteran, a lot of us are veterans, a lot of us have uh, family members or friends who have been injured, who have been, uh, you know, left with some sort of disability from that. And it's, a, it's personal to us as well. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, I think for a lot of people thinking about it from the moral perspective, um, obviously, um, you know, supporting everyone that you might be serving as a business is important to your business. But of course, it's also important, I think, personally, uh, for just doing the right thing. I mean, really just, you know, being there and providing that avenue. I think it was a really interesting point you brought up, though, around the effects of COVID and the drastically increased role of digital in our lives as it relates to people with particular disabilities and, and needing to kind of almost live exclusively in a digital sense. And then to only have, I think, as you mentioned, the data that you, that you saw was that only 10% of sites are, are really accessible. Um, so you start oh, putting, yeah, yeah you even start, less. Exactly. And you start putting that in perspective and you're like, well, geez, um, you know, that really puts people at a severe disadvantage right now. Um, you know, since so much of their life, everyone's life really is, is dominated by digital. Um, I want to throw you a little bit of a curveball here with this next question. Earlier, you talked about how, you know, uh, some of the things Accessibility does to help people get their sites accessible. And you mentioned that many customers will kind of take a PR stance to kind of tooth their own horn a little bit for making their site accessible. Um, which I think is great. I think it's also a good example for others so they can also follow suit. Um, do you find that that's common? Like do most customers that make their site accessible like go out and talk about it or do you feel like the majority of them kind of silently enable it and just kind of move on with business? I think for most small businesses, and I'm talking, you know, SMBs, very small businesses that don't do PR in general, um, they don't say anything about it. Uh, they just They just do it. When you have larger companies, uh, they're a lot more excited about this. I can tell you that we're currently in negotiations with a lot of major enterprises uh, who part of that negotiation is exactly how we're going to roll it out, exactly how we're going to educate their employees about accessibility and how to implement all of these things and how to help people with disabilities if needed. Um, they're taking it on as not just sort of a service or a, or a fix, it's a change in their organization that we are paying more attention to accessibility now, it matters to us. Do you find that uh, brands or companies that do uh, take on accessibility, do you find that they will often sometimes never have staff members with a particular disability they might be, like site disabilities they might be optimizing for? Or do you find it's kind of a mixed bag? It's sometimes. Um, when you see it, it's an amazing thing. I can tell you when we were developing Accessibility, we worked with a, a, a blind developer who is brilliant. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody code really, really fast with a screen reader reading the code back out to him I while, have, he's listening yes. <laughs> to blast, while blasting music is going. And I can't even type normally that fast. So <laughs> it's fantastic to see when it's there. Unfortunately, we don't see enough of it. Um, we're actually working on an ongoing basis with a large number of people with disabilities to test uh, accessibility, and we're planning to continue doing that in the foreseeable future. 
Yeah, we had a guest, uh, I guess about a half a year ago and pressed this and she had commented that they actually will leverage the local kind of school for the blind and, you know, pay people uh, basically to help them test that have that specific disability they're optimizing for. And, you know, I know there's all these ways of gauging your color contrast and, you know, do you have all the right alt tags and everything, but to have that personal experience, I think, is uh, super critical to understanding if what you're building is actually helpful for someone that's going to be consuming that content. I know for me, if I think back way back to about 1997, when I was a uh, level one tech support rep at a host and ISP in Houston, I remember I had this one customer that would always call in for help with this, that, or the other. He was using a screen reader, and I remember how difficult it was to provide him support just by how difficult it was to navigate through the uh, all that content. And that was in a web 1.0 world where oh, we wow. didn't have all of this Ajax and all of these other you know JavaScript experiences with images and words in images and so on and so forth. Um, and, it, and thinking back, it was it was extremely difficult for that person to navigate through sites that at the time weren't really optimized for screen readers. But by definition, being kind of quote Web point one, um, we're definitely in much better shape for that uh, than what we have today. And I mean, I think I can abstractly understand the concepts of accessibility and, and what that means and how to look for good and bad. But I think it's until you actually see it firsthand, see someone try to consume your content, purchase your products, you don't really get it and, and what you're trying to deliver. At least I found. What do you think? I, I agree completely. It's it's a really important part of our uh, new employee training onboarding for pretty much everybody is, hey, download uh, NVDA, download a screen reader on your computer, put on a blindfold, try this out for five minutes because you'll immediately understand what people go through. I mean, it, it's something like, I, I remember a statistic I read, 71% of uh, people with disabilities, of I think specifically blind, will immediately click away from uh, an inaccessible website and won't contact anybody and won't do anything about it. They just won't visit that website again. And it's incredibly frustrating to have to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about y'all's business, but we certainly fight for every customer. <laughs> so, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So how could you, you know, as a business owner, how could you possibly countenance the idea of somebody, you know, beating down your door and you're saying, oh, sorry, I'm not going to let you in because that's what's happening. Right, especially with such few options out there. It's almost like in that sense, this is strategic advantage even since folks right. might be bouncing out, never coming back. You could be perhaps the answer for those folks and whatever the service or information it is you're trying to get across. Absolutely. I read also that the uh, disposable income in the disabled community in the United States is $490 billion. Wow. I know a lot of people that would like some of that $490 billion. Um, and it's, it's such a good point. But I mean, even for those with disabilities, of course, that might not have that disposable income, of course, you still might be providing a service that's ultimately valuable to them. And, I, you know, again, as you pointed out earlier, there's also kind of this moral imperative to do the right thing, make that information available, and, and to do it in an inclusive way, um, which I think is super critical. I love the story you told about kind of having new employees put the blindfold on and use a screen reader. I have never done that in my life. And I actually am going to try that, I think, later this week um, to see <laughs> what that experience might be like. I don't know why it's never occurred to me to do that. That's such a clever way 
um, of approaching allowing people to kind of internalize what it was like. Again, I had my story from the tech support thingy, which at least personalized on some level, but yeah, I've never actually tried to navigate a site with a screen reader. All right, we're well, going to take really a quick break. get it? Sorry. It, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. We're in the middle of our episode around the value of being inclusive with accessibility. Really enjoy speaking with Raphael Glantz about all this. Uh, Raphael, you shared some really interesting perspectives. Before the break, you were talking a little bit about you know, how new employees kind of come in and, and put on a blindfold and use a screen reader. I thought that was great. So I want to shift gears a little bit. When teams fail at implementing accessibility practices, what is the most reason, uh, what is the most common reason why? I think it's a mixture of two things. You have lack of follow through and lack of expertise. Um, web accessibility work is not all simple. It's not all obvious. Uh, and it's also extremely tedious. So in order to maintain manual accessibility, you need ongoing attention every time there's an update. You know, on a big website that updates multiple times a day, even if you're just putting up a new image or a new blog post, whatever it is, it's gonna require some accessibility adjustments to make sure that it fits with the rest of the website. So a lot of times you'll see a team, a company, uh, take on a big web accessibility project from a major web accessibility provider and they'll do the work. And then six months later, the website is not accessible anymore because they haven't, they've continued to update it, but they haven't continued the accessibility work. Um, that also translates to a great degree of time cost and financial cost, uh, with the time generally being more concerning. Uh, for large websites, you can be looking at having two developers working on this full time, which is you know, not the best thing. I think a lot of times people just let it go. So it sounds like the, the biggest failure is not necessarily getting the first incantation of the accessible website out the door, but rather committing to make that part of your deploy process, your QA process, your development process in an ongoing way. Would you say that's true? Exactly. It's absolutely the case. So it's not just a, a one quick fix. It's if you're doing it in a manual way, you need to change your whole process. You need to change your whole development process exactly like you're saying, unless you have a solution like ours. 
Gotcha, right. And accessibility, I guess you all automate some of that. You mentioned you just need like the one include, I guess. Are you then, uh, not, not trying to get too deep here, but are you then like kind of in a sense scraping the content, changing the parts that aren't accessible, and then making them accessible on the fly? Is that basically the gist or did I get it totally wrong? <laughs> more, it's, it's more or less the gist. So basically you got one line of code that you install on your website. Uh, and then accessibility pops up. You have an interface that changes all kinds of things on the front end. Uh, and then we use AI on the back end. So the front end is like, you know, fonts and colors and things like that. The back end is much more complex where you're changing the tab order for screen readers, where you're changing the alt text, adding alt text, et cetera. Uh, so we use a couple of different AI components to do all of that automatically and on the session, so on the fly. Um, and the good part about that is we never have to change your source code. So one of the big problems with manual accessibility is that somebody's always messing around in your source code. And for major companies, that can be very concerning and it can lead to a lot of problems. So with us, everything is based on that specific website visitor's session uh, and that's it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So with accessibility, I mean like in all the kind of AI configuration, I suppose, of the page, um, how do people deal with the things that might miss? Like is it common or do you feel like you're catching most of them? Uh, so we actually have a very, very intensive process to make sure we don't miss anything. Uh, we scan every single website. So basically accessibility can take up to 48 hours to make any website accessible. But the moment that you're made accessible, we'll send you your statement of accessibility, which is a compliance requirement. Uh, and then every 24 hours or every update from the moment that you receive that statement, uh, we'll do a full scan of your website just to make sure that everything is on point. And we'll also send you a very, very detailed 10 page monthly report. So last question, what's one thing that everyone, whether using accessibility or not, uh, could do to make adopting accessibility easier? I think the most important thing that you can do to make accessibility, to make adopting it easier, it is to learn why it's important. And the answer is not, well, the government said I had to. Um, the moment that you actually internalize hey, these are people who need my help, who want to buy things from me. Uh, I think you look at it very differently and your motivation to get this done changes. Uh, that being said, I think uh, with accessibility, it's a lot easier to do anything, but you have a lot of free tools out there. Uh, we provide a scanning tool. There's also Wave, there's Google Lighthouse. There's a bunch of free website scanners out there that can tell you right now if you're accessible or not uh, and how to get there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Raphael. I really enjoyed the conversation today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It was really great to, to talk with you. Awesome. To learn more about what Raphael is up to, you can visit accessibe.com. -E thanks, yes, everyone. Yes. Yes. Uh, right. Sorry. Uh, right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors.
any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.